This is Novel Marketing, the show for novelists who aren't necessarily fond of marketing, but still want to become best-selling authors. Episode 161. I'm James L. Rubart, but as always, please call me Jim. I'm Thomas Umstead Jr. And in this episode, we're going to talk about how to get 10,000 readers and then keep them happy. And to assist us with that, we have a very special guest, a great friend of both Thomas's and mine, Susan May Warren, or Susie to her friends. Susie is a USA Today best-selling, multi-multi-award-winning novelist. She's written more than 65 books. She's an outstanding teacher, speaker, wife, mother. She's a scuba diver. She's a dancer. She's a skydiver. And she is a simply outstanding person. But Thomas, before we dive into that, we have to talk a little bit about an event that recently happened to you that was a game changer. That's right. My life has been changed forever. Our baby was born. We find out what it was. It's a little girl, and her name is Mercy Gale Umstadt. Uh, the birth didn't go according to plan. Uh, we spent some time in intensive care. We'll tell you a little more about that at the end of the episode. But uh, without any further ado, let's get to our interview with Susan. Susie, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. I can't wait to hang out with you. And I can't believe this is the first time that you've actually been on the show because uh, it's been five years and, and it feels, and I was talking to Thomas, I said, well, we should have Susie on the show again. He goes, hey, we've never had her on the show. I know. Well, it's just because we have all these great conversations. So we feel like we talk about marketing all the time and we do, we just never record it. Right. Okay. So this time we're going to record it. Yeah. So now we have to like watch what we say. Like, you know, I mean, not that we say anything bad, but I can't say, Hey Jim, when you come over, can you bring that bottle of wine? You know, stuff like <laughs> that. Right. So like, we won't talk about any of that stuff. No, no, no. That stuff, uh, or, or we'll have to edit it out. <laughs> okay. So, um, I want to talk to you about some marketing things like how in the world did you get your huge reader base and how do you keep them so happy? Cause you're so good at that. But I also love hearing the story of how people first got into this insane, crazy world of publishing. So, and you've got a pretty unique story. So can you take a few minutes and just tell us how you first became a novelist? Sure. Yes. Well, I do have to say my story is rather unique and um, not, I don't, think that people can really, you know, emulate it, but it's, it is, there are pieces of it that are, are really interesting. And so I'll just share it with you and people can use what they need. And anyway, so I started writing actually when I lived in Siberia, I know. And so a lot of people were like, what, what were you doing in Siberia? And uh, my husband and I were missionaries there and we um, had gotten over there with the mission organization and we were church planters and we were very, very busy, but in the evenings it would get very quiet. And that's where I started writing. So just to pause there and back up, I've always been a writer. I was a novelist and I wrote my first book when I was 14. 14. Wow. Uh -huh, yeah. It was about a horse and a cowboy and a girl and, you know, <laughs> it might've been romance. I don't know. It might <laughs> sunsets. And so anyway, it was, it was, it was a great novel, a wonderful novel, uh, published it for myself and two other friends, you know, really bestseller. So you were an indie, you were an indie author way back before it was hip to be. <laughs> I was. So, but then I went to school and actually got a practical degree in writing, which was in journalism. And I wrote for newspapers and uh, magazines. And then I became a missionary and discovered that a big part of being a missionary is communication. And I would tell my, uh, I would write a newsletter every month and tell my uh, subscribers or actually supporters who then called themselves subscribers. I would tell them a story and they, it was always true, but you know, it had some sort of cool aspect. So I really honed my storytelling skills with my audience. And then when we 
Um, so, and then eventually I, I became a novelist, but in between there, what happened was that I was in Russia, like I said, in Siberia, and I had a lot of, I read all the material that we brought over and I had a lot of uh, lonely time because my husband was gone a lot and I, the kids were in bed. So I started writing and I wrote mostly for myself. And then I started thinking, well, what if I actually tried to get a novel published? And so the first four years I wrote a book that ended up being about uh, 400,000 words. Wow, short, little short, little short Russian novel. <laughs> we used it as a high chair for the kids. Um, wasn't uh, really publishable, but I'd finished a book. And that was, you know, that's the first thing. It, whatever, wherever you are as an aspiring novelist, you've got to finish your first book. That just opens up so many doors to possibilities because you say, wow, I did it. And, and so that, that's, so in that first term, four years, I finished my first novel. I sent it into Bethany House. They're like, yeah, that's a little long. Can you write something else? And, and they were, you know, they were really nice about it, but I knew, okay, I have to do some work here. So the next four years, I actually started to hunker down. I wrote four different novels. They were different kinds, historicals, romantic suspense, contemporary romance, this sort of thing. But it really wasn't until I had an event where I, uh, sort of a traumatic event, I got trapped in an elevator for a couple hours in Russia and in, in Siberia in November. And, you know, there's all these people around and, you know, might've involved a, a, a cold chicken and a couple of other uh, foreign, foreign speakers in the elevator with me. But anyway, it was, it's quite the story. And I got out of the elevator. Uh, uh, Babushka saved us. She took an axe to the elevator and opened it up for us. So that was great. Yeah, it was a very epic moment. And uh, I got out and like you do in any other traumatic event, when you're a writer, you write about it. Yeah, that's material, right? This is this great material. It is, right? It's, it just goes right in the vault. So so I wrote this story about this woman who um, was stuck in an elevator. And when the doors opened, it was her long lost love um, that was waiting for her. And so that was kind of the, yes, right? No horses, no no sunsets, but still, it was still a great story. So I ended up writing the story. And at the time, Tyndale was having a contest. So I ended up submitting to that contest. And believe it or not, I won the contest. Wow. While you're, while you're in Russia, you win this contest while you're in Russia. Oh, love it. Yeah. And, and, and thankfully, email had been invented by that time. It had not been invented when we first went to Russia. And so by this time it had. And so we were able to um, correspond and I just couldn't believe it. So they asked me, you know, so they published that. And what they, what they did at the time was they published two un, un, previously unpublished authors with one known author. And so that's kind of how I, and that's how they built an audience. And that technique is still used today in many ways. And so, so, but then they asked me, well, what else do you have? And because I had these other novels, I was able to put together sort of a proposal from one from a contemporary romance um, book that I'd written, and they bought all three of those. And then pretty soon, I was start, I started selling all sorts of them. So, so if I could give uh, one tip away to an aspiring author, it's finish your first book. Okay, two tips: finish your first book, and the second one is don't write the sequel of that first book when you write your second book because you don't know if your sequel or your first book is going to sell. Write first book of a new series because and it might be the same genre it might be a different genre i would just i would uh, suggest the same genre so you can build a brand i was all over the place at the beginning so um but but write a different series because that might be the series that ends up selling you just don't know so it's better to have four books all the first one in four different series than it is to have four novels all in the same series done but unpublishable so that's my advice. But anyway, we ended up coming home after eight years on the mission field. And that was, uh, uh, and I started my publishing career. I didn't know that that was going to happen, but um, pretty soon I was able to publish 
all four of those books, I've never published the eight or the 400,000 word, the thousand page tome that's still sitting in my <laughs> office, taking up space, but the rest of them all eventually got published. And so that's been fun. And so, yeah, so since um, 2002, I've had 65 novels published. So it's been a really great season and really fun to finally see, um, you know, just to do this thing that I feel equipped to do and that um, I'm, I enjoy doing and I, seem to be fairly good at. So it's just been a really fun season. Yeah. For those of you who are not familiar with Susie's book, she is an amazing writer. So please pick, uh, pick one up. Okay, Susie, uh, quick plug for your writing right now. If somebody is hearing about you for the first time, what would be a great book to intro people to Susan May Warren? Right. So um, it depends on, of course, what they like, but I write epic romantic adventure for the most part. So right now I have a great series out um, that's just finished. So if you're one of those people who are like, well, I don't want to read a series, you know, you know, right in the middle or whatever, you could pick up this series. It's just the last book is coming out in November. So if um, so if you, if this is past November, you want to, um, it's, you know, all the books are out. So anyway, the series is called Montana Rescue and it's about a group of search and rescue personnel who go into Glacier National Park and other places to save the lost and bring them home. So it's a very fun series. It's about their relationships. I like to say it's, it's like Chicago fire puts on cowboy boots and moves to Montana because it's, you know, sort of about their lives and what happens. So yeah, so it's a lot of fun. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's a great description. Okay. So what I've found in my career, and you found this in your career, is uh, to have a career as a novelist, you have to have readers. That that seems to be a key <laughs> an essential ingredient. It, it does. It's crazy how that works, but yes, <laughs> that's important. So you you have developed a following or uh, email list, and Thomas and I talk all the time about how important having an email list is and, and growing that and nurturing that. You've got over 30,000 people on your list. So just talk us through how you started to build that list and how you've continued to build that list over the years. Well, for one, I learned a lot from my missionary years. I learned that your email list is your partnership. It's not your customers. It's not your supporters. It's your friends. You're developing a relationship with them. And that means that they want to know who you are. They want to know your life. They want to know what you're working on. I mean, they like you because of your product that you present. So as a missionary, our product was, you know, evangelization and, and uh, you, know, you know, meeting with people and humanitarian events and this sort of thing. My product as a writer are stories, right? So they want to hear those, hear about those because that's why they connected, but they also want to know the person behind the story, right? This is why we read, you know, gossip magazines and this sort of thing is because we're curious, well, what is Prince Harry really like, right? So, so knowing that I, I tend to share certain aspects of my life that I'm comfortable sharing with my readers. And what happens is that they feel like they know me and, and that, and then that way I can connect with them. So it's all about building relationships. So I've, I've used some similar tactics, you know, that a lot of people have that whole idea of giving away a free read, um, you know, so they can sample what I have sort of like, you know, you're walking through a grocery store and someone says, would you like a piece of chocolate? You know, and you say, well, sure. And then you stand there and eat the chocolate and you say, wow, it's really good. I need the whole box. Right. So that's kind of the concept. Right. And, and that very much works. Once they've had the sample, however, I employ a very specific, um, what we call in the marketing world, onboarding sequence, but really what I call it is friend making um, letters that in that start to introduce them to not just my writing, but me and 
and start to build a relationship by asking them, you know, what they like and, and this sort of thing. I will get a lot of a personal email from those. And I respond to that personal email. And when someone actually gets a letter from someone that they've, you know, that they're reading about or whatever, it makes a difference. I mean, if Prince Harry wanted to write me a letter, I would be instantly his <laughs> friend forever and ever. Forever. I'm already his friend. You know I mean? Like we're like close buddies on Instagram and stuff. So, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, if you reach out to people, they will reach back. And there's these small things that make people want to be a part of what you're working on. And so even if I have a book that comes out and they're like, oh, I don't love it. Because they like me, hopefully, they're willing to give me a second chance. So, and of course, that's the other piece is that I try very, very hard to give my readers what they want. I know what my readers want. I cater to my readers. And so I don't try to, you know, write a bestseller that's going to, you know, please 80% of the people because that's not going to happen. I want to please my, you know, 5%, which is still a very large slice of people. And if I can do that, then I have done my job as a writer and as a marketer. I love the distinction. I love your language. Not th- this is not an onboarding sequence. This this is friend making letters. This is how I make my friends. This is how I connect with my friends. Um, and so I love that you're doing that with your readers. But how do you get them in the first place? How have you found uh, the best way to even them to be open to the relationship? Right. So okay. So a lot. It, it, there's a lot of different ways. You know, pe- you meet people in many many different ways. It's you know personally, you meet them through Facebook or other uh, places, Instagram, Pinterest, this sort of thing. Groups. Um, a lot of times, to be honest with you, as a, as a traditionally published author who's now also independently published, and so I have a kind of a hybrid approach, people meet me for the first time through a bookstore, right? So they'll pick up one of my books. In the back of my books, I always say, please go to my website and check out more books. Once they're on my website, I have an instant you know, pop-up that says, hey, would you like a free book? And it's actually what it's actually a a slider, which means that it it slides across the whole front page of my of my website. It's my picture of me, and it's a very personalized short message where basically they put in their email address or they hit no thanks, and then it goes away. And then there's other places on the site where they can sign up. And so we try to make that really tempting and and really uh, something where it's like this is an easy you know easy intro, and everybody likes free books. So once they sign up for that, that's when my um, friend mails emails start to go out, and of course it's all triggered through my email provider. A lot of times what I'll do is I'll also link my, I put my, everything has to go to one source, right? So wherever you're posting, whether it's on, you know, whether it's offline or, you know, when I say posting, wherever you're interacting with potential readers, whether it's offline or online, you always have to direct them to one central place. If there's numerous places where they can be directed to, then there's no central hub for you to grab their attention and start to nurture that relationship. So everything goes to my website. And I would suggest not, you know, if you don't have a website, you could send people to your Facebook page, but it's a little bit harder to connect with them and interact on that. So I would suggest having a website and so that you can send people there. Now, that doesn't mean you aren't posting in other places and this sort of thing to gain friends and readers, um, but that's where you do. Now, what do I post? I post things about my life. I post football. Every time I go to a football game, I post a picture, right? Right? Why? Because I'm hugely into football. I even will post a picture of me watching football at home. That's how crazy I am about football. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I will post pictures of my family whenever we- And just to interrupt, can I, can I interrupt, can I interrupt you just real quick here, Susie? 
Uh, this is the year, folks. You, you you heard it here first. This is the year the Vikes win the Super Bowl. So I'm, I'm just saying it. <laughs> yeah, well, they have to beat the Bears first. But okay, I'm on board. I like it. <laughs> okay. I like it. So we're we're. I'm I, I'm not going to say that we're in a rebuilding year anymore. That's it. I'm done. So <laughs> yeah. we're, we're constantly in a rebuild year. So whatever. So anyway, but yes, we could have won last year, but we won't go there. So anyway, all that to say that, yes, I have, a, and I have people that will interact with me on Sundays when the Vikings are doing well or when they're doing poorly. I have a lot of activity on my page and, and messages because people know that. So, but um, I also post pictures of when we travel because my husband and I are adventure travelists. And so we do a lot of cool, fun things like scuba dive or hike or whatever. And, and so we'll, we'll put that on our Facebook page. Um, I will put in, you know, pictures of my granddaughter. I'm really getting a lot of mileage out of my granddaughter because she's so dang cute. <laughs> so that works. And so people like to know what's going on in your life. And so I do do a lot of personal things like that on my Facebook page and, and my profile, both of them, my Instagram, I'll put in personal pictures. Um, and then I say, I, you know, I put in my website in there because if they want to connect with me, they got to go to my website. So, and then I, you know, will often respond to things like that. So am I on social media a lot? Um, no, I'm actually not. I don't think I am compared to a lot of people. I usually post on Mondays and Thursdays and those are my work days, uh, business days, the rest of the days I'm writing. So it's not like you have to do a ton. It's just, uh, make it matter, right? Don't give them, you know, make it, make the post be something that's interesting, something they could like, like, for example, recently I got like over 700 comments on a post where I was cleaning out my spices and I had eight bottles of thyme, T-H-Y-M-E, that I had found. And I took a picture and I said, so I made something, some quippy remark about, you know, I have too much time in my life or not enough time in my life, you know, and people started riffing off that. And I had so many <laughs> great little comments about time. And, you know, it's, it's these kind of things where you're like, Hey, 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 let's laugh about this together and, and build that relationship. So, so, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, about your book, it could be about yourself and then throw in something here and there about your book, you know, or take a screenshot of what you're writing or, um, you know, whatever it is. And people enjoy interacting in that way. Yeah, it's real. It's, it's, it really truly is you. And, and the, the fun thing, knowing you so well and being such great friends is I know the behind the scenes Susie is exactly the same Susie that's on Facebook and on Instagram. And I think that genuineness comes through and people get it. Oh, she really is an authentic person. And that makes you, that makes you more attractive and makes somebody go, Oh, maybe I'll try out one of her books. So that's really good. I think authenticity is, is really the key because people don't expect you to be perfect. I mean, I've sent out emails with typos in them. And if I, if I freak out about it, I just have to be like, no, don't worry about it. But occasionally if it's really bad, I'll write a follow up like, Hey, you know, I might not have had all my coffee when I wrote that last email, you know, and then people are like, it's no problem. You know, so people will give you grace. I just think people get so, so, you know, we as marketers get so uptight about every little thing. And frankly, if we just are honest and authentic, I think people connect with that a lot better. And the other thing that I, I love about you is because people rave about you when they meet you, they've interacted with you, they go away from being with you. They do. Oh, that's sweet. They do. It's like, oh my gosh, she's so great. And I think part of that comes from the fact that you and I have talked about this. It's it's like, no, I'm just Susie. What? I'm a USA Today bestselling author? I am? Oh, that's right. I mean, it's really not your identity. I, I mean, you love writing and it's part of who you are. Sure. But, but honestly, you're just Susie. Um, and I think that comes across to people too. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I'm not, you know, it's a personality type. I'm not actually enamored with 
um, success. I respect success, but it's not like I'm like, okay, I admit if Prince Harry walked into the room, I would be enamored. But other than that, I'm not. And I, I think that goes true for myself too. I'm like, I just do what I'm called to do. I do it to the very best of my ability. And if it, if it is successful and helps other people, that's even better. Hey, let me ask you, I just mentioned the fact that you are Susie. And that's how I think of you. And that's how a lot of people think of you. And yet on your books, you're Susan May Warren. Now, you and I have a similar situation in that I'm James L. Rubart on my books, but everyone knows me as Jim. And 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 I've had situations where people have gone on Facebook, gone, oh, I read this book by James L. Rubart. Um, really liked it. I wonder if he's any relation to Jim Rubart. And so <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, have I made this horrible mistake, you know, in, in naming myself? So do you run into that? And if you do, what do you do about it? Um, well, I do sometimes run into that, but most people know it's Susie. That I, I sign all my letters, Susie May. And so people start to get to know me as Susie May. And so that works out really well. Um, and I have had people that don't know me that call me Susan. And I just am like, okay, that's, that's sort of the business side of me. So I, I, the reason I used the full name is because the May is a particularly uh, dear name to me. It was my grandmother's name. So that's one reason why I use that. Um, but I also, when I started writing, decided that I was going to be very authentic about who I was. And so, and, and and meaning that I wasn't going to have a pen name or anything, but and so I used my full name, and then I realized, well, that is more of a stuffy side of me. So I did introduce myself as Susie May. So all that to say is that I don't mind if people call me Susan May. I don't mind if they call me Susan, but once they're my friends, we always revert to Susie or Susie May. So that works out good. And so I think going back to the friend raising, my letters are signed Susie May, not Susan May Warren. And in that respect, I think people think, oh, she's already on a nickname basis with me. That's cool. And I like that. Yeah, I do too. I, and I've started doing that with my author newsletters where it's it's Jim. I sign it Jim. And then underneath that, it's James L. Rubart. So it's like, okay, those two become associated. And at the top of the program, Thomas suggested this probably a year and a half ago. He says, you know, you can introduce yourself as James L. Rubart, but at the start of each episode, I say, but please call me Jim. Cause I want it to be clear that, that yeah, Hey, we're friends. We're friends. So, um, so I, I, this is a marketing thing that, that Susie and I are going to do. We're in the process of developing, and this is something that I'm going to go off on a tangent just for a few minutes and then we'll wrap up. But Susie and I, and I've mentioned this on the show to you guys a number of times now, but Susie and I are putting together a marketing program that is going to accelerate both our readership bases. And that is Susie and I are working on a series of books that we're writing together call <laughs> and, and about a time traveling detective that solves his cases by going back in time. And, and the name of our character is Rembrandt stone. And we're really excited about it. So maybe we'll have you back on the show as we go through this process of developing it and teach, teach, um, teach our listeners how they can use this same type of technique. So maybe some of you have never thought about partnering with somebody and writing together. If you have thought about it, we, we might uh, have some shows where we take you through the process. 
Yeah, I I think it's a really good idea to talk to people about it. I have found it to be completely rewarding. I really feel like it's actually produces a better book when you write it with someone else because you have uh, two minds working on it. And actually, we have three. We have another person that's kind of helping us. We call him the Time Doctor. Keeps us straight. Keeps Jim and I from from completely <laughs> from, from complete fantasy. I mean, come on. I mean, time travel is real, and there there's a science to it. You know. And we do not want to break the space-time continuum. We don't want to do that. No, no, that would be very bad. So, but but it, you know, more minds on a project really helps. And so, yes, I think we should tell people about how uh, the benefits, the pros and cons, and then how we're using it to market our own brands, which has really been very interesting. So, yes, I'd be glad to come back and chat about that. Great. So, Susie, how do people find out and uh, more about you? Because you really have it's interesting, and we should have you back on to talk about this as well. Because you have two separate audiences, and I'm in a similar position with the Rubart Writing Academy and some of the one on one consulting and all that kind of thing. You and I both have two very separate audiences and yet there is some overlap. So I want to talk to you about that. But right now, how do people find out more about your, and Susie has some amazing books. And those of you who have gone through the five-year plan to becoming a best-selling author, you're very familiar with us talking about Susie. But for those who are not familiar with your teaching, Susie, where can people find out more about your teaching and your books? And where can people find out more about your novels? Oh, wonderful. Yes. Well, if you are interested in any, in any of the novels, this is easy. Go to SusanMayWarren.com. There's, they're all listed there. And uh, I write, like I said, Epic Romantic Adventure. So it's Search and Rescue, Smoke Jumpers. Um, I even have some fun athletes on there, hockey players, this sort of thing. So it's a very fun um, series. And I write in series. And so it's it's neat, neat to sort of get involved in one of those groups and um, and dive into their lives. So SusanMayWarren.com is where you'll find my novels. If you're interested in writing, there are two different places you can go. First one is the first stop would be LearnHowToWriteANovel.com. And we have over a thousand articles on how to write a novel from, you know, brainstorming and, and you know, that first little story seed to character building, to plotting, to scene building, to um, editing, to publishing. And then we also have a number of other, it's not just me blogging, it's another uh, it's a number of other professionals in the industry that blog. So we have an amazing blog every single day and uh, and it's all free. So go to learnhowtowritenovel.com. If you want advanced teaching, you can go from there to novel.academy and we have a monthly membership and we teach every Thursday night on something. So for example, uh, last week we talked, we had a launch blueprint and we talk specifics on what you should do every step of the way over a 90 day period to launch your book. So we have, uh, and then people can listen live, they can ask questions. And then of course it's recorded as a, as a audio video um, uh, downloadable product. So, and we have over 300 classes, I think on there. So on every different topic as well. So, so if you want advanced learning, you can go there novel.academy or just go to learnhowtowriteanovel.com, start there. And then, yes, write me a note. Tell me how things are going. I, I love helping people. And um, if I if I can, I will. There's a little box that says, ask me a publishing question. And you can click on that. And that email goes right to me. And I answer your question. So I'm glad to help. Well, Susie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Again, I can't, I can't believe this is the first time. But we will have you back again soon because there's lots more to talk about. Um, and again, thank you for taking the time to share with our listeners. I love it. I love hanging out with you guys. And it's just been a super pleasure. So yes, let's get together again sometime. We'll do it. Wow. What an amazing 
interview. Uh, Susie is the real deal. She is, yeah. She has done this, and she knows what she's talking about. We're going to have to bring her back, I think. I don't think we've fully picked that brain. Uh, Jim, who is our uh, featured patron? So our featured patron this episode is Jenny Lamont Leo, the author of You're the Cream in my coffee. And I love this setup, Thomas. In 1928, small town woman Marjorie Corrigan travels to Chicago and thinks she sees her first love, believed killed in the Great War, alive and well in a Chicago train station. So suddenly everything in her life is up for grabs. And you can go to Amazon and pick up a copy of You're the Cream in my coffee. And uh, we will have a link in the show notes. So, Thomas, um, do you want to tell us about this really kind of scary moment or should we talk about the sponsor of our program first? Your choice. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about the baby. Uh, so, yeah, the, the birth did not go according to plan. My wife and I both picked up a virus right around the due date. And uh, we ended up actually going to the hospital for that uh, to see you know, how she was doing. She had a really bad fever. And fortunately, the baby did not come that week because uh, that would have been terrible. Imagine having the flu or something similar to the flu that wasn't the flu and uh, also being in labor. <laughs> not a great, not a great combination. But um, baby didn't go into labor. They ended up having to induce. And, um, you know, there was there was some complications. And right after Mercy was born, they rushed her to intensive care because she had inhaled some meconium that took. 20 cc's of fluid out of her lungs and she was really struggling to breathe so uh we did not have the uh birth we were planning to have we spent several days in the nicu um under the very uh capable hands of the staff at uh, st david south uh, here in austin texas so uh, very thankful for the doctors and nurses there and very thankful that little baby mercy is home and healthy and mom is home and healthy and uh we're all a little tired uh because mercy likes to wake us up and ask for dinner <laughs> of course I'm, I'm a little brain dead right now but i'm, I'm hoping things uh, will get better and uh we might drop a photo in the show notes those of you who are fan uh on our facebook group have already seen baby photos i've been posting baby photos to the facebook group uh no you know what i'm not gonna post it in the show notes you have to you have to join the facebook group if you want baby photos oh i like that <laughs> yeah yeah uh, just go to uh, Novel Marketing on Facebook and join the group. We let everyone in, um, unless you're a spammer, and it's very obvious that you're a spammer. But uh, we'd love to have you as part of the group. Yeah, it's a closed group, but yes, you. Will, we'd love to have you part of this closed group. And a lot of great discussion there, if you have not joined already. would love to have you. And it's also where all the official discussion for each episode. So if you really want to hear people's like comments, it's really the only place to get it. Uh, so we, we encourage you uh, to check that out. And real quick, our sponsor is the five-year plan for becoming a best-selling author. And just a heads up on this, the price is going up uh, likely to, I think, either $149 or $199 uh, is going to be the new price. Jim and I are still trying to figure that out. We're debating about that a little bit. But that is not the price now. <laughs> right now, you can get it for less than that. In fact, you can get it for significantly less than that if you're a patron. So if you're a patron, you get it for 50% off the normal price. And to learn more about that, go to novelmarketing.com and click on courses. We've had incredible feedback from people who are taking this course. And if you're wanting to develop as a career novelist, this uh, course takes you quarter by quarter for the first five years of your career and really does help you know what to do next so that you're not wasting your time. 
And so you can find out more novelmarketing.com forward slash courses. And you have been listening to James L. Rubart, new dad, Thomas Umstead Jr. And Susan May Warren on the Novel Marketing Podcast, giving you novel ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online, and everywhere in between. Thank you so much for listening.